0: To Anxious in Austin podcast. This is Dr. Marianne Stout and, and Dr. Thomas Smithyman here from the Anxiety Treatment Center of Austin, recording in Austin, Texas. Yeah,
1: um, we, we are both psychologists here, treating a variety of anxiety disorders.
0: Yeah, and today our topic is insomnia and how that relates to anxiety. Um, I guess I'll start since this is my pet project.
1: Yeah, one. yeah so, so where, where do you plan to start?
0: I don't know. I've actually like done some research leading up to this. Okay. And thought about like what would be most helpful for people to hear. Okay. Um I also thought it'd probably be helpful we talked about like talking about different clients Mm -hmm. aspects. And I thought since this was something actually that I had struggled with personally it'd be helpful to talk about. Oh yeah,
1: great. Your story. My
0: story with it and kind of how sort of treatment plays into it then. Mm -hmm. Um so my interest in insomnia started after I had my first daughter four and a half years ago. Um, I got really, uh, she didn't sleep. I read recently that they're like, newborns sleep on average for like 16 to 18 hours a day. And I was like, liars. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I how much did she sleep? Like? Never, never. She maybe slept like 20 minute naps an hour. <laughs> and, um, and I didn't, you know, being a first time mom, I didn't know to like put her in the swing, and it's okay. I was like,
1: no, the books say
0: they need to, like, sleep in a crib, and all these things that teach them how to sleep, and
1: it was so, awful. So, you were learning to be stressed about sleep, yes. which is hustling Yes.
0: Yeah. And I had always historically been a great sleeper, and somebody who really valued sleep, and napped a lot, and all these things. So I had a lot of beliefs that sleep was really important, and that I really needed it, and all this stuff. And then, um, with her stopped getting the sleep I wanted, and I'd be so tired. Then that I'd try to sleep, and I stopped being able to fall asleep. I think just right, like sleep begets sleep. So I had such a little piece of sleep, and my hormones adjusting and everything after having a kid. I stopped being able to. I'd like fall asleep for like an hour,
1: even though I was super sleep deprived, and then be wide awake. Was was that any of that? Reckon because you were trained to wake up because you got to look after yeah, this baby, sure. so you can't just like. But sometimes she yeah,
0: and sometimes she would be asleep and I couldn't sleep. But yes, you're be, like you alert. And
1: right? Yes. You, I'm sort of thinking I've heard that too. Of like,
0: yes, you're Because when alert you're asleep, system. you're
1: not really unconscious. It's still a little bit. Yes. Especially parents are alert for like, is the baby going to cry? Is the mm-hmm. baby going to wake
0: up? Definitely. Um, and that freaked me out that mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep. And being sleep deprived, I you know, was not the most rational at times. I was pretty upset. Um, and lots of newness going on and everything like that, but the sleep piece really just freaked me out because I had never had problems sleeping before. And actually treating it then, and I tried to do like meditation and, you know, People like, oh, just take something, and I, I tried like once. I took actually my doctor gave me a Xanax. I'd never taken Xanax before, and I slept for twelve hours straight. And wow. I was like, that was amazing, but yeah. I can't keep doing it. That's, that.
1: that's why people. Was, uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. Why don't you take a Xanax? Yeah. Um, but and so oh, and so I had, like had all these beliefs about it, you know, fears about it, but I couldn't articulate at the time because I didn't know that anxiety was related. I just knew this is crazy what's happening and I'm freaking out about this. And I started seeing my first client back after having a baby yeah. and explained the whole cognitive behavioral therapy model <laughs> to her. And I think it was like panic disorder or something yeah. that this client had. And I just the whole time was thinking, oh my gosh, hello. <laughs> like, this is exactly you. Like, you are doing all of these things. Like, this is...
1: You're, you're a human also. I know. You have the same human brain the rest of us
0: have. I yeah. just didn't know, like, oh, this is anxiety. I just yeah. don't, I don't think uh-huh. I even thought about what it was. I just I was having a hard time and uh-huh. didn't think rationally much.
1: And because and and this is more background, you were fairly new to being a person who experiences yes. anxiety. Yes,
0: yes, because I personally hadn't struggled with much anxiety. I mean, you know, like speech anxiety and... Performance anxiety before an interview and things like that. Like yeah. things, were mo- I, mean, I did. We've talked before, like shark phobia. But I'm not a marine yeah. biologist or anything, so yeah, it doesn't interfere so. with my life yeah. much. Um, so it was a real aha moment to talk to somebody about how anxiety works and to realize, oh, this is what I'm struggling with. And it really turned things around because I could start to do the identifying what my Anxious thoughts were, what the catastrophe was, what anxiety was predicting, what the fear was, um, and I read then a lot about. I mean, I've been doing reading about it, but I read a lot about like sleep hygiene, and uh-huh. so those are some just like pieces that you can do that help anybody in you know behaviorally training our, our brains to get ready for sleep and to fall asleep better. We well, um, love we'll to
1: talk more about. Yes, sleep that's a big here, one yes.
0: for so, everybody. It sounds
1: like having a shower before bed. <laughs> could be, it's but
0: not. No. Yeah. Um, and um, also what my negative thoughts were and what the behaviors I was doing to make it worse. And so I started first identifying thoughts, um, working a challenge and change thoughts, working to cope with thoughts, and then I started doing a lot of imaginal exposure about thoughts, so leaning into
1: thoughts. Mm,
0: okay. Um, and changing Yeah, my behaviors around sleep. And it drastically, like yeah. pretty quickly, and then I did have some like relapse, which really freaked me out, and that then started making me think about like metacognition or thoughts about thoughts. Ah, okay. Um, so I was like, oh no, I thought I had this beat, why is this coming back? And then started realizing, oh, if I'm, my whole goal is thinking that I need to get rid of this and never have it come back, I'm just anxiety, inviting anxiety in at another level. I so started thinking about changing my perspective of myself as a sleeper, right? um, yeah so that's kind of where I started with this and now I'm definitely a different sleeper than I used to be but that doesn't upset me I definitely have nights I think just like anybody does that are more difficult than others Um, but even when I do it just doesn't last very long it doesn't bother me in the same way that this really bothered me so things have changed and I hear this a lot when I have clients who come in with insomnia. Right? They come in really freaked out that they're not sleeping, and a humongous piece of it. So um, I looked up a lot of like just basic research on it. That most people, right? Like so the average population, especially as we get older, we are supposed to get less sleep. Our bodies need less sleep. Most people get less than seven and a half hours of sleep, and most adults. Most adults
1: less than seven and yes. a half hours. A night.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, And 20% of the population gets um less than six hours a night. Just that their bodies don't need the same, right? And so all this research, I think what is harmful sometimes is there's so much research on the sleep, how important sleep is. Yeah. And so that is a huge piece then is the suffering that people have and the beliefs that people have about sleep. And that if I don't get eight hours of sleep, it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket.
1: Totally. I I'll continue that being, being one big beliefs, like the danger of not enough sleep, how much benefit there is to the right amount of sleep, mm-hmm. which sets up a system that's not useful to calming down into sleep. Sure, because right. yeah.
0: a lot of the definition with insomnia is not people who get, like that that group of people who get six hours or less of sleep a night are not necessarily people who struggle with insomnia, yeah. it's the belief suffering that comes along
1: with oh, it. Sure. Okay, so it's not the amount of sleep, it's the amount of suffering? Mm-hmm that really that defines the it. difference mm-hmm. between it? Sure. Gotcha, yeah, because it's the distress impairment part, right?
0: hmm yes. This, this is true
1: for, I feel like it's, I know it's true for pretty much all the stuff that we work on here. It's not so much the yeah. experience of something, it's the distress and impairment, like even DSM diagnosis-wise.
0: Definitely, right? But it's it's you're, you're a natural
1: human thing, only it's stronger bothering. or it's impairing you more or you're getting more upset about it. Yeah.
0: I think of it all the time of when we talk with people about OCD that it's not the intrusive thoughts or the weirdness of the thoughts yeah. that's the problem it's how you the meaning making you do with those yeah, it's, thoughts it's a reaction to them. because everybody has weird intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. but people with OCD think those thoughts mean something, it means something bad about them or the mm-hmm. future. Or, yeah. whereas people who just have weird thoughts mm-hmm. think like hmm, weird thought Move on.
1: so it's kind of so in some ways the same way for very similar for insomnia. so you may get are the people who are getting, like, an average amount of sleep that are still sure. like, insomniacs? Yes. Is, it, is, that it, is that the term that you use? It, That's <laughs> a term that
0: N-C-B-T-I, CBT yeah. for insomnia, they call them insomniacs. So oh, really? I'm not sure okay,
1: that yeah, that's, thinking, it I, sounds
0: I, like a terrible Yeah. Fritz. I don't know. I don't I, know if there's I, as much stigma yeah, I, associated I with insomnia. I've been for a long time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good enough. So, you can say insomniac. I think. I think.
0: Or at least like Greg Jacobs, is sort of the father of CBTI
1: uh-huh. sound, yes. <laughs> okay.
0: um and so yeah, so,
1: so yeah, so, so the amount of sleep, not the problem like people have a, naturally have a variation of the amount of sleep they need mm-hmm. yeah, and the issue is if you start insisting upon a certain amount of sleep or freaking out and go get a certain amount of sleep, that's what Creates causes all suffering. this this suffering, mm-hmm.
0: Right, if you think about it, like lots of people have nights of difficult sleep, Mm -hmm. um, and then what often perpetuates that is then fear, what if I'm gonna have difficult sleep again tonight? Mm -hmm. And that's what can kind of turn it over into insomnia. And that's, I think, personally, what happened for me was I was having difficult sleep, but it took a little while until it turned into anxiety about it. Uh Because at first it was just like, oh, this sucks, I'm not getting any sleep, (laughs) I don't like this, Uh and then it turned to, oh my gosh years around the future what ifs you know what if I don't get the sleep that I need mm-hmm. um in some other pieces then just on like biology of sleep uh-huh. of like that we have these sort of five stages of sleep the one that researchers really look at most is um core sleep it's the deep sleep stage Yeah. we all it's about five and a half hours of sleep a night uh-huh. is spent for adults in core sleep, and that's the major restorative functioning happening, like rebuilding cells and um, energy pieces, and blood flowing to your muscles and repairing all of those. So, so the physiological. Yes, stuff important here. stuff that's happening, and um, REM sleep, the dream sleep stage, is a lighter stage, like stage two of sleep, and that's used more in sort of memory consolidation, which personally right when I was struggling which makes sense because I remember very little about the actual part right like Uh I remember the emotional pieces but like when I think about that point in my daughter's life I don't remember a lot because you're not able to really consolidate memory because your brain says the REM sleep is not so important so if you're gonna it doesn't make up REM sleep right Uh if you're trying to catch up on sleep it doesn't catch up on lost REM sleep it will catch up on core sleep it will spend more time in core sleep, because it needs to get that restorative piece. The memory it decides is sort of a secondary function, so it's not going to try to work to replace that. So I think that can be an important piece in sort of challenging the thoughts of I need to get eight hours of sleep, otherwise terrible things are going to happen. It's, um, you don't need eight hours of sleep.
1: There's tons
0: of research that you don't need that. And even if you don't get your full five and a half hours of sleep, or it's broken up, it's fine if it's broken up doesn't have to be a five and a half hour it doesn't work mm-hmm. that way anyway that you get a chunk of five and a half hour uh-huh. deep sleep you but your brain is going to consolidate it so that's the first sleep that it gets any chance it gets
1: if, if you don't fall asleep and have a nap you will go to course exactly. and get the important stuff because mm-hmm. your gonna, body's prioritizing yes it's gonna work to get which that which means you can have five and a half hours sleep broken up with a huge break in the middle exactly. and still be
0: yes this is all the research they do find. on like Doctors and um, residents, right, <laughs> yeah. who, like, are on call for, like, days at a time gotcha, and yeah. get, like, snippets of sleep. Uh-huh. And then they look at, like, their performance. It doesn't – so that's where performance yeah. is really done. Uh-huh. Like, um, if you get that core sleep, it doesn't affect performance. But uh-huh. mood, <laughs>
1: <That's your laughs> irritability mood uh-huh. and sleepiness,
0: those are things that are really affected. Some repetitive so, tasks. So that's
1: that's why you want to – you want to have more than five and a half hours sleep because yeah. you, even though you stay alive and physiologically you're fine. Mood, mood suffers concentration, sure. memory, all that kind of stuff. It makes it unpleasant, right?
0: Definitely. Sort of like food, right? Like mm-hmm. Americans don't need as much food as we have mm-hmm. to stay alive and to function. But that extra food is kind of, it, it feels good. It, it's nice, right? Like we like it.
1: Um well, so. it's kind of a drug. <laughs> yeah. It's food as drugs.
0: So that, that same kind of yeah. piece, like there's this core sleep we have to uh-huh. have. Um, and even on that, there's a lot of research to show that if people go long periods without this core sleep, um, it doesn't. Nobody dies or anything like that, right? So it's not okay. like it's not like food in that respect. That uh-huh. like you can actually go a very long time without getting enough core sleep, and it's not going to impair you so
1: much that you're going to like die or you know lose consciousness. Okay. Or, okay. So so this is yeah, useful because you know, this is all the information that is counter to those. Mm -hmm. Is I must get this sleep or else, yeah, something terrible will happen. Exactly, there will be a catastrophe. Um, I'll go
0: crazy. I won't be able to perform at work. I'll Mm -hmm. lose my job. Yeah,
1: Um, I'll I'll do terrible on the test.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna fail out of school. Um, All these, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to perform. I'm gonna like
1: whatever. Hey, we might just talk about the. That self-reported perception of how much sleep people have had.
0: Yes. Okay. So people often—that's say
1: insomnia. because No,
0: that does sound bad. People who suffer from insomnia, research shows, are like yeah. terrible reporters of how much sleep they actually get.
1: Uh-huh. I'm um, to say, which makes sense, right? Because when you go to sleep, is like it's fundamentally the absence of a memory, right? Because if you if you were remembering, or fell asleep, you wouldn't have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. So you cannot have a memory when you fall, fell asleep. Yeah. So that's, it seems like that would cause the numbers to be pretty skewed. Yes. Yeah.
0: And, um, like, earlier stages of sleep, even, like, REM sleep,
1: yeah.
0: it, you don't feel totally asleep. You feel totally. kind of asleep, but you're still, like, right, getting, like, consolidating memory and, and mm-hmm. getting, you are it's, asleep. You're, you're in those
1: sleep state. Yes. You know, I've had that a bunch of times where I've been lying there going, oh, yeah. And I've not been sleeping, and then I actually do wake up, and I was like, oh, it didn't feel like I was sleeping, but mm-hmm. I actually was asleep, now I don't I can tell the difference. Yeah. So, so the first couple of stages feel different. Yes, research propo- reports that, yeah, people who struggle with insomnia are very bad at mm-hmm. knowing how much sleep they're actually getting. So I did I did see, um, there was one study that was like a, it took 14 different studies on on the like how much sleep people are sleeping versus what they're reporting. And they found, I guess, there was an average difference of 35 minutes between uh, just regular sleepers and people with insomnia. So it was only 35 minutes total difference. Yeah,
0: that's not huge.
1: Yeah. Sure. sure that's what you said. Yeah, yeah. there's a 35 minute difference. And the, the thing I was looking at was likening it to being uh, like, anorexia, where you might look at your body in the mirror and say, oh, I am I am fat, but you're actually not. Mm-hmm. This idea of, like, you might look at your sleep, with all the sort of the parts that make it hard to judge sleep, but the problem is this skewed perception of, like, oh, I didn't sleep very well, even though you did. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yep. Nope. All kinds of pieces that, yeah, add to the suffering and struggle of beliefs about sleep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um... You don't want to talk a bit about sleep
1: hygiene yes yeah, okay i think it's sleep hygiene is like super important i mean there's there's stuff about it out in the world but you've already at least talk about what it what it is
0: yeah so it's yeah. kind of but
1: it's not brushing your teeth before bed <laughs> no. it's
0: making it a your brain um, prepare for sleep mm-hmm. um and so right our brains really like consistency they like to know what to expect and so if you said, um, there's a lot of research. So
1: routines, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of research on um, like children who have a bedtime routine versus children who don't um, fall asleep much faster. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because okay. so, our brains just really like to know that they can predict this and like, oh, this means this is happening, right? Like, uh-huh. I can predict that this is going to happen.
1: Oh, if this happens, then I know that I'll be sleeping in mm-hmm.
0: 30 minutes or whatever. I can start to shut myself down a bit because I don't want to stay alert because I this isn't the time to stay alert. Yeah. It's like, cues for that. So, um, I'm just gonna go off the top of my head for a lot of these. Um, trying to get exercise earlier in the day. I'd say, um, at the minimum, like, not two hours before bed. Uh-huh. If you have caffeine earlier in the day, not so, a few hours before bed.
1: Yeah, so. I'm gonna say, I've heard before four o'clock, is there? But it just Any depends
0: on, like, what your bedtime is, right? And different true, people right? metabolize caffeine at different rates. Yeah, that's true. So,
1: I I do know hours. that it takes, uh, I think that right, the half-life of caffeine is 13 hours. Mm-hmm. So, stay, it stays in your system a lot longer.
0: Yes. Um, so, a consistent bedtime and a consistent wake time. Because, mm-hmm. again, our bodies really like routine.
1: Um. I, I always tell people that um, if you've got to choose one of the two, choose waking up at the same time. It's going to force you to go to bed at the yeah, same time because if, if you wake <laughs> up, if you stay up late, but you wake up at the time you set for yourself, mm-hmm. you are going to be feeling tired, you're going to be motivated to go to sleep at mm-hmm. the, the right time the next night. Yeah, it's the and harder of the two for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just think though too, if you're trying to change your sleep schedule, you can set an alarm and get up, like you can force wakefulness out of sleep. Yeah. Better than you can force sleepiness, like sleep out of wakefulness. Sure, you know, and this is this is based a lot on my time zone traveling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of with the system for like how to how to survive in various, you know, like yeah. changing from Australia to well, that the is US. where they do a lot of the
0: research for this comes from. Is like, you know, that we do have these internal clocks in our mind of like when how much sleep we need and when to fall asleep and when to mm-hmm. wake up, and so things like jet lag play into a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Having a consistent bedtime routine is helpful, Uh right? Like brushing your teeth or taking Mm a shower or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. but I'm gonna kind of do these five steps before I go to bed.
1: And any sense of what's a good length of time for a routine? And this is not what we research, I'm just curious uh, if you have a sense from this stuff.
0: I mean, I don't think it has to be super long, but enough to give your brain the signal that like, oh, I'm starting to shut down and go to bed. So it could be like 20 minutes that but it, it just depends
1: because yeah. I, I, I tell people think of it as a 30 minute kind of wind down mm-hmm. for sure yeah.
0: um
1: not not a wine <laughs> a wind down because if you have alcohol
0: alcohol yeah. messes with right it makes you initially sleepy but then it wakes you up yeah. um what is what Once. Uh, yes yeah turn down the lights before you're going to bed, um, avoid bright light the last hour when you go to bed. And that's why a lot of the newer researchers say, like, shut down iPads and TV and all that good stuff because yeah. the blue light is too mm-hmm. bright and um, kind of mimics sunlight in a way to yeah, keep you mim- awake sunlight, yeah. mm-hmm. later. So because
1: yeah, moonlight doesn't have the blue light.
0: No, so reading like an old school book is helpful. Mm. Or those or um, old kindles. kindles. yeah, those yeah, are helpful for
1: same light.
0: mm mm-hmm. um, right. Oh, for this isn't necessarily a sleep hygiene, but it's a trick that's helpful for people with insomnia. Yeah. Is put your clock under your bed, or at least turn it around, because that piece of waking up and checking the clock serves to so stops, right, like
1: stops the threat monitoring. Right? Yes,
0: yeah. because it becomes activating. That's a whole problem with. But why these thoughts are so difficult? Because right, like they are getting your sympathetic nervous system going, yeah. and that's the opposite of what you need. You're trying to wind down and be calmer, mm-hmm. but when you get your anxiety going, right, that's your fight or flight response going. It's yeah. waking you up, mm-hmm. and so when I'm thinking of my anxious thoughts, it's hard to be calm and sleepy. And that same thing that people often will look at their clock in the middle of the night and think, oh, "I only have four more hours of sleep. I better fall asleep," and that's not a relaxing thought. Yeah. <laughs> So, setting your alarm and then yeah. putting your alarm clock under your bed, or avoiding somehow covering up
1: clocks. clock. So you, Classy, can so you the clock. can't look see the, the time. Mm-hmm. Piece. yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, okay. avoiding naps during the day because naps rob you of nighttime sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for those who have difficulty with consolidated sleep, who do lots of waking during the night, right? Naps can really That's mm-hmm. what that piece. Um...
1: Yeah, and I can see that, that would be, an, you instinct, oh, I didn't sleep enough, I better have a yes. nap to get the sleep I made, but then having a the nap stops you from being out of the sleep well mm-hmm. like the next night. You're not tired enough, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, no oh. Yeah. And then getting more into like, behaviors, but which are influenced by sleeping, in that very same vein of napping, sleeping pills, right? Like,
1: they uh-huh. seem
0: like they are going to be a helpful way, but research shows that they are, have a high addiction potential. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they're not physiologically addicting can be um, psychologically addicting totally um,
1: because, because you'll take them and you might sleep okay and then you're like oh thank god I took that sleeping mm-hmm. pill otherwise I wouldn't be able to sleep and so now the sleeping pill has got the exactly yeah, it's, it's it's the one with the power
0: yes and for other things like Xanax right it does have a high addiction yeah. potential and um, tolerance for it increases with like Benadryl and things like that even a tolerance grow for it, so it doesn't work anymore more to achieve the same effect, mm-hmm. um, so they're actually not, and all the research shows that there's, they don't work, they don't right. work, they, don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they might work a couple times, but yeah, they're not effective. For yeah, they're not solution.
1: effective for people with long-term sleeping
0: problems. Um, i um, think of other
1: pieces. Of, of sleep hygiene, or?
0: Uh, things to address so um i'm curious for you when you've had clients who struggle to sleep what are some of their like negative
1: sleep thoughts or anxious thoughts about sleep um yeah so i think they are the um so i think they are um thoughts about performance the next day thoughts about calculating how many hours of sleep i've Mm gotten and how, how that's going to uh, like whether that's enough or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, examining the impact of it. Um, um, how yeah, how groggy they're going to be. whether they should be doing whatever activity or whether they should cancel the activities mm-hmm. in order to, you know, because the how can I go to work if I'm this sleep? Yes. You know, it's a big part of it. Um, I mean, I think I don't know what what else are you thinking.
0: I'd say definitely those, and then I think there's, like, the long-term impact. Like, this can't happen again. I have to get a nap because if I don't yeah. get enough sleep, I'm going to go crazy, or mm-hmm. I'll, you know, never sleep again, or...
1: Sleep. And, and, and I have had the sensory anxiety to so the I going to be so much more anxious. Mm-hmm. The less I sleep, the more anxious I get. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm anxious thinking about how I need to sleep, so I'm not going to be anxious. You know, sure. Yeah, that's going to interfere with my... It. My
0: mental health. I've also had people like, this is going to be really bad for me physiologically. Or I might right? look
1: bad, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, like the oh, people are going to be able to tell that I'm, I'm like tired or I don't have bags under my eyes, or you know, which either is a judgment that They think I'm less healthy, or they're going to know something I have anxiety, or
0: you know. Yeah, People people see it
1: on me and mm-hmm. not be able to mask it. Yeah. Mhm. For sure. Okay, well then, let's, let's stop here. We will. This is the end of part, part one. We will get next time into... Treatment. A lot more of the treatment, yeah. Yeah. Might be a few other things I want. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do a little more, uh, uh, you know, metacognitive take on this, too. With of the course. worry and the threat monitoring. And yeah. Safety behaviors.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I think getting into, like, what are the specifics of what clients we've had? Yeah, what there is threat monitoring looks like Mm -hmm. and safety behaviors that they've had just so our audience can see if those are pieces they can
1: relate to. Do these things? Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. End of part one.
1: End of part one.